is the RAD Podcast. RAD is both who I am, Rachel A. Dawson, and what I'm here to do. Share what I'm reading for R, an action step for A, and a discussion for D. This is episode 15, and buckle up, friends, because today I'm going there. We're going to dive into the world of racism and talk about why Black lives matter and how we can be better allies to all Black, Indigenous people of color. You yourself might be a person of color, and if so, I need you to know I am so sorry. I know those words aren't enough, and I know injustice has gone on far too long. I am with you, and I am for you. And I'm doing everything I can to fight alongside of you. Every week, I read the Sunday issue of the New York Times. I make a collage of headlines that sum up the world in that moment. And it's a great look at what's happening around me. Here are some of the headlines from last Sunday. The world is broken. There's not a vaccine for white supremacy. President needles as America burns. Protests continue to rage after death of George Floyd. Spreading unrest leaves a nation on edge. Thousands of complaints do little to change ways of police around country. In the flames, a fear of spiraling chaos. I, too, am on edge and aflame with anger at the injustice all around me. But I will not do little. I will do all I can. I will not needle as my country and my city burn. I will speak up, stand up, and show up. Because Black Lives Matter and racism is a sin I will not ignore. Even as I record this, protests are happening on my street. I went out and marched today for a while. Um, We covered about eight miles of ground, and the emotions are high. Um, I can hear the chants on my street, and um, I'm grateful that we are speaking up and showing up and standing up for what is right. George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, Black, Beloved, and gone. These names represent so many unnamed black lives lost because of injustice and hatred and racism. If that doesn't shatter your heart, I don't know what will. It is devastating to me. We cannot sit by and watch this happen any longer. We cannot stay silent. We as humans need to stand up for one another, and we as believers must follow after Christ and fight on behalf of the marginalized and the oppressed. Our first commandment is to love the Lord our God, and our second is to love our neighbor. Love your black neighbor. Fight on behalf of and alongside your black neighbor. Rally and protest for and with your black neighbor. Weep for and with your black neighbor. Pray for and with your black neighbor. Do all that you can with all that you have, wherever you are, for the sake and the safety and the lives of your black neighbors. 
Every single black life matters. Everyone beloved and precious and needed. Put your love for your black neighbor in action today and every day. So let's get into it. Let's talk about reading. I'm going to share a few books I have read by people of color that have opened my eyes and helped me to learn. Let me say that at the start, if you are looking for resources, I have been compiling them into a massive guide for being a better ally, and you can find it on my blog and in the show notes. Everything there is by and from people of color, and I know I will be referencing it for many, many years to come. The first book I want to highlight is called I'm Still Here, Black Dignity and a World Made for Whiteness by Austin Channing Brown. I heard Austin speak at the Evolving Faith Conference a few years ago, and the woman is on fire. She can preach, and her book does that too. When I first read this one, I wrote, This has jumped to the top of my Everyone in America Needs to Read This Book ASAP list, and I cannot rave about it enough. Austin has so powerfully and honestly told her story in a way that has opened my eyes even more and changed me in ways I won't forget. This is just simply a must read. It's incredible and I'm grateful for her voice and work in a world that has so, so far to go. Here's a quote from this book that I loved. I am not impressed with America's progress. I am not impressed that slavery was abolished or that Jim Crow ended. I feel no need to pat America on the back for these quote unquote achievements. This is how it always should have been. Many call it progress, but I do not consider it praiseworthy that only within the last generation did America reach the baseline for human decency. Whew, that will preach, I told you. Another book I want to highlight is Between the World and Me by Ta-Nehisi Coates. I read this one in 2016, and my initial review said this. With all the news headlines telling of black lives taken prematurely, brutally, and unfairly, I've become much more aware of both the brokenness around me and the privilege within me. It's been hugely eye-opening to realize how my own identity as a white, college-educated, salaried woman puts me in a bubble that protects me from so much danger, while people of color live in fear with a constant need to fight for their safety. It's sickening to realize. Books like this one are powerful beyond words. My eyes are more open now to what it means to be black in America in 2016, and although it wasn't easy to read, I am so grateful to have read it. I'm convicted of the ways in which I, too, have been one to judge or ignore or look down on others who are different from me. I'm broken by the truth that there isn't a neat and tidy solution to racism and injustice. I don't want to stay sheltered in my privilege, but to instead step out of the bubble and into the brokenness where I can listen to stories like this one, let my heart be broken, and steep my soul in the truth of the world around me. I do not have answers. I do not know the solutions. I know I can listen to what people of color are saying. I can hear their stories instead of silencing their voices. I can choose to not live like those before me who put people down because of skin color or ancestry or geography. I can start by opening myself up, and I am grateful that this book could be part of that. Please read this one. 
I'll highlight one more book, even though I could tell you about many. The Hate You Give is a young adult novel by Angie Thomas that should be required reading for every human. It is powerful, relevant, necessary, heartbreaking, moving, important, and it puts skin and bones and faces to an issue that is just massively important. Again, I share many, many books and book lists from and by people of color in the show notes. There's a link and it's on my website too. Now for action. Let's talk about marching, protesting, rallying. I don't know if you can hear this from inside my closet, but I can hear the rallies on my street and I'm so glad they're continuing. Let's talk about showing up instead of staying home, speaking out instead of staying silent. I will be honest with you and I'll confess I have stayed home and stayed silent for far too long. To my black neighbors and friends, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I didn't act sooner. I'm sorry I didn't listen sooner. Repentance is the act of turning away from wrongdoing and turning toward what is right. And I repent of my inaction, of my lack of involvement, of my misunderstandings and my complacency. I turn toward you now. I'm listening. I'm learning. And I'm standing beside you in solidarity. This week, I marched in my first peaceful protest. I'll admit I was nervous at first, anxious from the articles I had read warning me to leave my phone at home and pack supplies for emergencies and write phone numbers and Sharpie on my arms in case I got arrested and my phone got taken. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what to do. But I showed up. I stood up. I listened. I watched. I absorbed it all, took it all in. I raised my voice in unison with hundreds of others as we demanded justice now. What do we want? Justice. When do we want it? Now. And we said George Floyd's name. What's his name? George Floyd. What's his name? George Floyd. I held my hands in the air as we chanted, hands up, don't shoot. Hands up, don't shoot. Tears in my eyes as it hit me again and again that I will never know that kind of fear. I don't tell you this so that you'll be impressed with me. I tell you this because I think many of you might be also staying home, staying silent seeing the marches and the protests of people on your news or in your, ne- your news feeds. You might be feeling like you could never do that or that protests are for other people. They aren't. I encourage you to show up to a peaceful protest or a march. I encourage you to sit among strangers and listen as brave people pass the mic and speak their peace. I encourage you to walk alongside the dozens or hundreds or thousands of people who also showed up to feel the power of the unity and solidarity like that. And if you're in Richmond and you need a marching buddy, I'm your girl. Let's go. Now for discussion. There's been a beautiful Instagram post I've seen circling lately that talks about how this work starts first in our own hearts, then moves to our homes then goes beyond that out into the world. I love that. I think it's true. 
Some of the most important and moving and powerful conversations I've had lately have been with the very people I'm closest to in life, as we all seek to learn and grow and be better together. I wanted to share a post my dad wrote on his Facebook this week, with permission, of course, as I think it's a beautiful example of how we can continue to humble ourselves, learn, and evolve. Here's what he wrote. Ending my silence and adding my voice to call for justice. My exploration of American history over the past few years has opened my eyes to the systemic, persistent, and shameful persecution of the black race in this country. We imported and invented racist ideas to justify the importation of human slaves in order to serve an economic agenda. We compromised our founding ideal of all men created equal to draft a constitution that guaranteed Southern domination of the three branches of the federal government, ensuring that any end to slavery could only happen through civil war. We ratified the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments and then looked the other way for 100 years as the South instituted every possible barrier to Black voting rights. We instituted social and economic barriers everywhere to keep Blacks in their place and out of our neighborhoods and schools and inner circles. We passed legislation in the 1950s and 1960s to fix things, but we didn't fix our hearts. I used to believe that Blacks have had 150 years of opportunity, and therefore they are responsible for their individual outcome. I have learned that this is utterly false. I have rested behind the bulwark of meritocracy to justify my worldview. I was wrong. Recent events have made it clear to me that many things still need fixing and that not being part of the problem is not the same as being part of the solution. I humbly pray for forgiveness and for guidance. I humbly pray for eyes to see, ears to hear, and hands to raise up. I'm really proud of my dad. I texted him after reading this, and I thanked him for sharing. And let him know that how grateful I am and how much I continue to learn from him. He responded that he is learning from me too. That meant a lot to me. Friends, it matters. It matters that we do this inner work. It matters that we commit to growing and evolving. It matters that we talk about it with the people close to us, that we have hard conversations, that we discuss and debate and ask questions and wrestle through trying to find the solutions. It is beautiful and important and life-changing and relationship-changing and world-changing. Whew, okay. This has been a real one, friends. Thanks for sticking with me through it. Please go listen to another podcast by a person of color or pick up one of the books I mentioned or go join a march in your city. Please join the fight with us. Be a justice fighter and a peacemaker and an ally. Before you go, let me leave you with a benediction of sorts. Your life matters. Your voice, your actions, your heart, your spirit, they matter. Use them today. Make the most of them today. 
Our black neighbors need us right now. Let's fight and stand on their behalf until they are fully, beautifully, truly free. You are dearly loved, and I am thankful you are here. If you're looking for me online, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Rachel A. Dawson, and my bookstagram is at All the Rad Reads. I'm muting my content this week to amplify melanated voices, but I'd love for you to join me in my stories as I share posts from them. For everything else, you can find me at racheladawson.com. The music and mix for this episode were created by my talented brother, Drew Dawson. Thanks for listening. Stay rad, friends, and get out there and fight for justice.